Welcome back to the SCG podcast. A little bit of a different flavour to this week's edition. We're not talking NRL or AFL as we head into the middle of the Code's respective seasons, but we're lucky enough to be joined by Sydney Sixers superstar Dan Christian, who is one of the world's most decorated, if not the most acclaimed player in the shortest form of the game. And uh, he's in the United Kingdom in Nottingham at the moment. Well, let's just muscle down the ground from Christian. Fielders are up. He'll find the right. final ball of Big Bash 10. It's smashed away on the leg side, but it doesn't matter because the Sixers have gone back to back. They are pumped. <laughs> it's their third title, and best of all, they've knocked off their arch rivals. Cue the party in Sydney. Dan, how are you? Good, thanks, Tim. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us on the SCG podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about the last month because it has been crazy in so many ways. Yeah, it has been. Uh, I was obviously over in the in the IPL for, for a couple of months, uh, which which unfortunately got called off due to the COVID situation in, in India. Um, so yeah, we got all the Aussie guys got flown out of there and and sent down to uh, sent down to the Maldives, which was a which was a nice problem, I guess. Um, and then had to get out of there. I had to get out of there as well after uh, about five days and get to Bahrain due to the Maldives going on to the UK's red list. Given that I was coming to the UK straight after, so um, had to spend ten days there to. To qualify to be able to get into what was the UK. it like in India? And of course, our hearts uh, have gone out and they continue to the people of India and lots of us, whether you're a player in cricket or a sports broadcaster like myself, has spent lots of time in that part of the world. So, we already uh, you already understand how difficult life can be, full stop. But add the uh, pandemic on top, it becomes even harder. Yeah, of course, it's um, it was a, an extremely different experience being over there this year to, to what I've had in the past. It's uh, well, different, but then similar in a lot of ways. We we were we were very much removed from what was happening in the community, uh, just being being holed up in our in our bubbles, in our COVID safe bubbles, um, in the hotels. We weren't allowed to leave the hotels at all for for anything other than to go to to training, and even that was a um, yeah, that was a process in itself. And we'd have to be you know wearing our masks and um, sometimes our gloves and um, going from. Yeah, straight from the hotel into the bus, straight to training. You weren't allowed to go anywhere near the ground staff or anywhere near um, anything around the ground that hadn't been sanitised. So it was, um, yeah, it was all it was all pretty extreme. But it, but I mean, it, it meant that it meant the comp was able to go on for for six weeks before it actually did get into the bubble. So from that perspective, it was it was great. Um, but yeah, knowing what was was going on on the out, outside our bubble was um, yeah, it certainly gave a bit of an uneasy feeling. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll, we'll change tack here because um, a quick question about that uh, win for the Sixers at the SCG. It really was quite out of the bag, wasn't it? Uh, to to get the crowd that was there on the night. Um, after what had been such a difficult year and such a difficult season, um, how do you reflect on that at the uh, the hallowed turf? Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was a it was a fantastic night and and really topped off the season for us and and the way that we played just from a from a cricket perspective. I think we fully deserve to be there and and fully deserve to to win it in the end. Um, but playing in front of yeah thirty thirty odd thousand might have even been more by the by the end. It's um, such a change from going through the whole season of, of 
playing in front of you know we're playing games at the Gold home games at the Gold Coast in front of you know, 200 people. So um, to then get to a final and be on the hope be on our home ground and, and in front of a pretty much packed house, it it's um, who were just you could just hear and sense that the that everyone in the crowd was so uh, excited to be there and so and they were just behind us every ball of the game. It, it felt like we were playing in front of a a packed MCG with 110,000 there. It was, um, yeah, it was just awesome to be a part of. And, and um, yeah, certainly no doubt helped us get over the line having all those uh, all those home fans just there. A, just a cracking moment. It really was. Now, onto something uh, very, very important. Uh, it is National Reconciliation Week, and you're a proud Indigenous man. Uh, you very well across what's happening in the political space. NRW, of course, running from 27th of May to to June three. Yeah, it's um, it's which is a it's a, a fairly pertinent pertinent week of the of the of the calendar, I guess. It's um, the start of it, signifying the the day the 1967 referendum was held, and uh, which gave Aboriginal people the the right to vote, and and basically became citizens of our of our country, um, and then. Finishing on the uh, the day that the Marbo, the Eddie Marbo uh, result came through, which which meant that um, we we had it wasn't terra nullius that the that our you know our lands were were once inhabited by and and um, traditionally owned by by the uh, by our First Nations people. So it's a um, yeah really important week and really. Um, it's it's just a great week for everyone to recognise um, indigenous culture and indigenous heritage and 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 yeah just keep keep creating awareness of um, you know all the issues that indigenous people face and are trying to get over every day. Yeah, absolutely. Now I, I like the theme. I really do the NRW theme more than a word. Reconciliation takes action. Uh, tell us what that mantra means to I you. Think it's uh, one of the things just from from my perspective, from a cricket perspective over the last few years, I've been quite vocal just in the cricket sense of, of trying to promote both the game to Indigenous people and then promote um, yeah, Indigenous indigenous culture to to the wider cricket community as well and just try to, just try to create some awareness and about the issues that um, our people face and, and have faced over the last 200 or so years. Um, it's... So, but as you say, it's a, the, the the theme this week being about actions and, and not words. I think that's probably the the next the next step for us to go, and it, it starts from a government level for sure. Um, and we've got to see some. I just think we've got to see a little bit more action from a from a government sense, and and continue to ensure that that we're not just raising awareness and we're not just talking about it, but we're actually seeing some. Some uh, some meaningful change, particularly in the the clothing, the closing the, the gaps. That's- yeah, and and the numbers are still so alarmingly high. Take us back to your time as, as a young bloke growing up in Narandra as a young Indigenous player, and then eventually making your way through the Cricket Australia Development Program. Yeah, growing up, um, yeah, growing up in Narandra, I, I loved it down there. I've still got all my family down there. My old man still lives there, so it's it's great to be able to go back. That was one of the beauties of, of COVID. Uh, last year, um, I got to go and spend about a month back home, which which I normally don't get to do. It's normally only a, um, you know three days at a time before I have to duck off and play cricket somewhere. So mm. it was lovely to go back and, and spend that time there and 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 almost relive my childhood a little bit because I haven't had that opportunity. So I loved growing up in the country, um, loved growing up down there, and and uh, well and truly in touch with my my history and my heritage and my culture down in that in that part of the world. Um, 
ended up moving to Sydney and uh, in early early in high school, went to St. Greg's, played played footy there, which was uh, a great experience to be a part of such a such a prestigious school, particularly from a rugby league sense. Um, and then late, yeah, late in school, ended up ended up going down the cricket path just because I was doing better at it. So um, it's uh, yeah, the, the the cricket stuff. I've been really lucky with the opportunity. I've received um, both as a as a kid, and then and then obviously later in life, being able to travel the world and play twenty twenty, it's it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, always nice to it's always nice to get home and and you know, stay in touch with with everyone down there. Now you've been involved in the professional system, you both domestically and abroad for for a long time now. How have you seen attitudes uh, approaching reconciliation change over that time? Change the heap. Change the absolute heap. It's uh, I was a part of a Cricket Australia uh, group last year that, that looked into that and he looked into that kind of stuff. And I made some comments on, on casual racism that's still involved. That's still, that's still, um, you still see a little bit in Australian cricket uh, compared to when I first started. to now it's, it's chalk and cheese. The, um, so the awareness campaigns and the acceptance of, of people of all other, um, all other cultures, not just Aboriginal culture has, has, changed dramatically i think in the last in the last probably five years or so um and it's and it's great to see it's great that that um young kids of all of all backgrounds um can come in now and and feel more comfortable than they would have been you know 20 years 20 years ago so we're certainly going in the right direction um the sport's certainly going in the right direction and i think society is as well talking about strength what about leadership? Because we, um, we're we seeing people like yourself and Buddy Franklin and Latrell Mitchell and others that uh, are doing things for, for young people that they can see. Oh, well, you know, and if I can see them do it, why can't I do it? Well, was there someone that you, as you were growing up, um, that really inspired you? I had uh, – uh, my Uncle Trevor's probably one that I've, that I've looked up to the most as a, as a kid. He um, – my dad uh, was one of 11, or he's one of 11. Um, Uncle Trevor uh, was one of the older ones, and he ended up, he fought for the Commonwealth title as a boxer, was the Australian champion. Um, so he was he was sort of the, the most successful one in the family in, in terms of being able to get the most out of his out of his talents. And he's um, had a couple of dad's brothers. Dad played some under, um, some lower grade footy as well at, at Newtown, and so did my Uncle Barry. So... Um, there's always been a, a sort of strong sporting connection in in the family, but yeah, Uncle Trevor was the was the main one, um, and for being named after him as well. My middle name's Trevor, so yeah, he was someone I always looked up to and um, yeah admired for admired for what he achieved in the sport, particularly back in the the 50s and 60s when um, yeah Aboriginal people weren't uh, yeah probably weren't as, as prevalent in society and, and not as um, yeah, not as as well regarded, I guess. I suppose you could say. Um, so yeah, he's he's certainly the one. The Sydney Cricket Ground, as part of the venue's New South Wales network, alongside the Office of Sport, have recently submitted a joint reconciliation action plan to Reconciliation Australia. How can uh, National Reconciliation Week and these plans of action better contribute, you reckon, to the long-lasting ties between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians and communities? Well, I guess the key to the to the plans, I, I know Cricket Australia have got one of those plans in place as well. They're, they're, the, they're the key to moving from, from words to actions, I guess, from you know, being able to not just talk about it, but actually seeing some meaningful change um, taking place in, in the community and, and um, 
yeah, throughout throughout the country, I guess. But um, so they're yeah, I think they're they're really important, and they they give us they give us some good stepping stones to to make sure that we're. Um, to make sure that those that those actions are, are taking place. Yep, the it starts with the conversation, but doesn't end there. That very poignant theme that we mentioned more than a word, reconciliation takes action. Certainly rings true here again. Twenty twenty one National Reconciliation Week, and uh, look, it's been really great to have a chat, Dan. All the very best in Nottingham. What's it like there at the moment, Bud? Yeah, it's a little bit fresh at the moment. We're only what four days out from from summer, and it's twelve degrees today, so. Hopefully it starts to pick up before the actual cricket starts. All right, mate. Well, we look forward to catching up with you soon and uh, go out there and enjoy yourself. No worries. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Dan Christian, for more information on National Reconciliation Week, head to nrw.reconciliation.org.au. A very poignant and enjoyable SCG podcast with Dan Christian. Dan Christian.